Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday, and neither you or me are as rich as the Greek freak is uh, right now. And in fact, I don't think anybody tuning into the show is as rich as the Greek freak is uh, right now. Unless the Greek freak is tuning in, which I, I know he does periodically. No, he doesn't. Uh, the Greek freak doesn't care about shows like this. The Greek freak doesn't care about living in flashy cities. And the Greek freak doesn't chase titles. And listen, you have to give him credit. You have to give the Milwaukee Bucks credit. And I think it's it's refreshing, actually. It's refreshing to see a superstar man up, accept responsibility for his own backyard, his own business. Not, well, you know what? We didn't do well last year in the bubble, and things didn't really go our way, so I'm going to quit, and I want to go play with LeBron. I'm going to go play with Anthony Davis because my agent says I should. No, dude, man's up, stays with Milwaukee. Would I have liked to see him sign with the Toronto Raptors as a Raptor fan? Yeah, but you know what? I, I like this. I prefer this NBA than the NBA full of jackals, an NBA full of jackals with no loyalty uh, whatsoever. And, you know, we, we see this across the board on an annual basis. So the Greek freak, uh, he gets $228 million. Let's not act as if, though, like he's going on one of these Mormon missions or something like that. Yeah, he's taking $228 million to play basketball uh, in Milwaukee. But not a lot of basketball players are lining up and saying, you know what, I want to move to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, all right? But now that the Greek freak is under contract, that'll open things up a little bit for the Bucs. They're going to be a fun team to keep uh, our eyes on uh, this year as we are now just a week away from the start of the NBA regular season. Pretty crazy. Uh, we're just uh, we, a week away. Let's do this thing. Pete Annapolis is going to step up, and then we'll talk um, some NBA basketball with Pete Annapolis. We've got Steve Merrill. We've got Andrew McInnes. We've got a full house uh, this evening. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, we've got uh, James Harden. Uh, James Harden showed up uh, weighing, I don't know, man. Was that James Harden? Was that the Goodyear blimp? Like, fill in fill in the blanks uh, here, uh, essentially. And imagine James Harden's the ones that's unhappy. I guess we know now, if James Harden's unhappy, he eats. <laughs> we, know, we, know, we, now, we, we now know that. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. We got to replace the uh, the college football with college uh, basketball. Actually, although you know what, we actually did. Uh, we went one and one today in college basketball. That's progress. That's big progress uh, for us uh, right now. So I am Gabriel Morenci. It's the Twisted Tuesday edition of Sports Rage at Late Night. Follow me on Twitter at Sports Rage. Triple Threat tonight. Pete Annapolis, former assistant coach with the UMass Minutemen. Uh, we'll step up and in, although Pete wasn't like a highly paid assistant coach. He was one of the, you know, he was one of the white dudes at the end of the bench. You know, one of those, the kids that are charting things for uh, Coach Calipari. Uh, but uh, Pete, 
uh, RDS television analyst. We're going to talk some NBA. We're now a week away uh, from the start of the season. And uh, somebody better tell James Harden that we're only a week away from the start of the season. Like, is James Harden a basketball player or an offensive lineman for the Houston Texans? Like, what the hell happened to James Harden? I knew the dude was partying and stuff like that. But I thought when people partied, like, I don't know, I thought he was dancing and having sex and, like, I don't know, not gaining as much weight as he did. And I don't often, like, you know, shed a tear for, like, you know, 100 millionaires and stuff. But think about Tillman Fertitta's life, all right? Till before the pandemic. The guy owns the Golden Nugget uh, casinos. <laughs> so, all right, but not the one in Vegas. Every Every other one, but not the one in Vegas. So he owns the Golden Nugget casinos. He owns uh, high-end steakhouses and restaurants, like 35 of them around America, 50 of them, Miami, Houston, L.A., New York, high steakhouses. But he also provides stuff like equipment and food, like whatever. He's in the high-end restaurant business, and he owns the Houston Rockets. Oh, yeah, by the way, whose general manager cost him like a billion dollars by pissing off China, all right? So... First, he loses. They get like they were the team of China. Yao Ming played for them, right? They were billboards. Every game was on TV. They're banned in China. They ripped down all the rocket stuff. He lost like $700 million in contracts. The NBA lost billions thanks to Daryl Morey. Then the pandemic hits. And it's like every one of his businesses is in the hospitality business. Like every, like most of these owners, it's like, yeah, whatever. I just own the team, but I actually own like a steel factory. I'm good, right? Like he, everything he owned, casino, restaurant, sports got shut down. And during the shutdown, he loses like all of his money. He's got to borrow $250 million at like worse like interest rates than the mob would give you. And now his superstar wants out on the basketball team that he plays for. And not only that, now his superstar weighs like 392 pounds. Steve Merrill steps up and in. How you doing, Steve? <laughs> Better than James Harden. Yeah. Oh, he's got – oh, Harden's doing all right. He's got money, and he's obviously eating well. He's living well, Steve. He's living well. But, you know, like I said earlier, I, I was trying to stay up on top of the news. I didn't know that uh, Kendrick Perkins unretired and came back. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Like, the season starts in seven days. What a disgrace, Steve. Like, this guy's an embarrassment, bro. Like, he doesn't... I never liked this guy. And, I, and it's not a personal attack. But I'm talking about his game. He scores, like, 30 points a, a night. He takes, like, 72 shots to do it. He doesn't play defense. He's a liability. Um, and he complains all the time. And, like, he, I, I should be the MVP. It's like, dude, like, yeah, you're a good offensive player. That's it. Like, MVPs, like, are more than just someone that puts up points and goes to the strip club after the game. And now he complains all offseason in the middle of a pandemic. He turned down $250 million from the Rockets, and he rolls up looking like Fat Albert, Steve. Yeah, it's funny. I've never been a fan either. And for the exact same reasons, I actually, as a person, he seems fine. You know, I don't have any problems with him one way or the other. He seems like a nice guy, but I just don't like his game. He's all offense. And I just feel like he's a phony MVP candidate every year. You look at guys like LeBron, Jordan, you know, the Kobe, the greatest of all Why? time. They were shut down first team defenders when they wanted to be. And that's what people forget. Um, Harden's a defensive liability. 
And now that he's getting a little bit out of shape, I, I think be very careful with him. Who would want to pick him up? You know, he wants to be traded. He, he might be lucky that he's on the Rockets still. And I saw some odds today. You know, we did a, I did a future show actually this afternoon. We taped it this afternoon. It'll be airing live on Wager Talk TV later this week. Um, tape to live, live to tape, whatever you call it. But Andrew McGinnis was on with me, so you can talk to him about NBA as well. Um, but we didn't get to this prop on the show, but I noticed a leading scorer, Harden's favorite at a lot of books. And I was going to say, you can't take the other side of that, unfortunately. You know, it's like plus 150. No way I would touch that. And what you're saying now is even more of a reason not to touch it. Wow, that's a very good, um, that's a very, very good point that you raise. Harden won't be the leading scorer due, due to his conditioning, due to the circus-like atmosphere. And the thing is, he's got a healthy John Wall coming back there, too. So instead of just, like, right. dealing with it, like, dude, you've you're got a ton of money. And I love the fact that he he was like, oh, I want to go to Brooklyn. And Kevin Durant was like, that's not happening. <laughs> Durant was like, <laughs> Durant's like, yeah, well, I, uh, we didn't uh, we, we didn't hear anything about this. And Durant basically runs uh, that organization. He wants to go to Philadelphia. And to be honest, all kidding aside, guys, I, I think it's a ploy. I think it's a trick. It's a ploy by Harden what he's doing. He's basically screwing the Rockets. This is what he's going to do. He shows up out of shape. He'll be, he won't say anything. He'll be have a bad attitude. And he'll just be like, well, you know what? Trade me. Like if they trade him to Philadelphia 76ers, Harden will be in shape in 10 days. I think, I think yeah. he's like, it's a protest, Steve. I think he's just being a, a jackass right now. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. He, and he doesn't want to play for him. He's made that very clear. And what do you do? I mean, it's a bad situation for Houston. And I, I don't like seeing that. You know how I feel about these athletes in general. I think they're – I don't want to say they're overpaid. I've always – you know, people always say they're vastly overpaid. And somebody had a great point a few years ago. They're like, there's one person on earth out of a few billion people that can do what LeBron James does. If anything, he's probably underpaid when you use that logic. He is. But still, <laughs> but still you know – he has a three-year contract and it bothers me that it's so one-sided where they can't just cut him and not pay him, but he can just walk away and not show up and play anymore. And they have to keep paying him, you know? Um, and if they trade him, they're going to get basically nothing for him at this point. So it's a bad situation, but the, Hey, look, the owners put themselves in these situations, you know, they could have all agreed years ago to only pay people based on incentives. Like, you know, if you become the all, if you become an all-star, you get paid double. If you lead the league in scoring, you get paid triple. And that would have solved all of this, but they give all this guaranteed money up front, and it's their own damn fault. They've screwed themselves. Yeah, and the union did it to themselves as well. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, but when LeBron signed his deal, like LeBron got, like, what, $90 million for two years? And I said, he's underpaid. You know what I mean? Like, Gordon Hayward makes as much as LeBron. Like, Gordon Hayward yeah. doesn't increase the value of your franchise by $2 billion. LeBron James does. Like, if you look at what the Cleveland Cavaliers are worth with LeBron James and without LeBron James, like, honestly, like, LeBron's real market value, he should get about $100 million a year. And I remember in the old days, Michael Jordan said he was underpaid. And he said, listen, I'm not complaining, and I'm not trying to upset you by telling you this. But he said, for what I do, like, dude, Michael Jordan sold out arenas on the road everywhere he went. Was he getting money from that? Like, from the visiting team? No. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it, there is a difference. Some of these guys are just bigger, and they are kind of underpaid. But I hear what you're saying, and I get it. Like, you know, the Joe Sixpack has a problem with how much money an athlete makes. But in, to put it in perspective, guys, when people say, oh, 
he's overpaid. It's like, no, there's, imagine, there's $9 billion on the table, and that's the player's share, right? <laughs> that's how much money is there. They're not asking for something that the owners can't afford. Like, all this money is, is, is part of a pie, and it's all shared. So that's, you know, I mean, if the players are, if the players are, are, are owed 51% or 50% of the revenue, it's up to the players how they divide that up, Steve, right? You know, after the fact. But the right. NBA player structure is whack, guys, because they have this max thing where, you know, look at Pascal Siakam. Siakam's a good player, but he's not a mega superstar, yet he makes as much money as, like, mega superstars does. Like, we talked about it. Gordon Hayward has made the most, the 11th most money in NBA history. Come on, man. Is Gordon Hayward the 11th best player in NBA history? He's not even the 11th best player in Utah Jazz history. <laughs> More trades late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Edge clash. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. Steve Merrill, wager talk in the house uh, with us. A lot of stuff uh, to get to. College football playoff uh, standings were released uh, here this evening. And um, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what their fascination is. I don't know what their love affair with Iowa State is. Uh, but Iowa State come in ranked number six. Alabama one. Notre Dame two. Clemson three. Ohio State four, Texas A&M five, Iowa State eight and two, one of those losses to a Sun Belt team. Eight and two, one of those losses to a Sun Belt team. Florida eight and two. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these teams, like Florida, whatever, dude. Florida, like, are overrated, all right? They, they've lost twice now. They've lost twice, and they're ranked seventh. Georgia, ranked list seven and two, ranked eighth. Whatever, man. It's just like it's the SEC network here. It's a joke. You know, here's Cincinnati, 8-0, behind, behind, behind 7-2 Georgia, 8-2 Florida, and 8-2 Iowa State. If you're wondering, Coastal Carolina at 11-0 is now 12th. USC at 5-0 is 13th. Merrill, what's your take on this stuff? Yeah, I mean, Iowa State at six is absurd. Like you said, they lost to Lafayette, who's only lost this year, came to Coastal. They're 20-1 and one combined, playing each other this weekend, by the way. So that'll be a fun game to watch, the uh, Sunbelt game Saturday afternoon. Um, I think the one that's most interesting is if Florida can pull the upset as a 17-point dog, what happens? But that's not too likely. I think um, I think Notre Dame is in either way. So I guess if you want real chaos, Gabe, what we have to root for is for Notre Dame yeah. to win. Because then exactly. a two-loss Clemson team could be out, and they got to find a fourth <laughs> team. Because Ohio State's a three-touchdown favorite; they're pretty much in. Alabama's in no matter what, and I think Notre Dame's in no matter what. So there's really only one spot, and Clemson would have to lose outright as a ten and a half point favorite, which isn't likely. So we probably have 
less uncertainty than we've ever had in the modern era. You would think this year, you know, would be the craziest year ever. And we have the most clear-cut favorite right now with Alabama. And we have probably the most clear-cut four-team playoff right now unless somebody loses a double-digit favorite. All right. So let's say, let's just say that, and you're exactly right. Let's say Notre Dame knocks off Clemson here. They beat them outright. Clemson's got two losses. That just means Texas A&M slide in then, I guess, right? Or do these other yeah, teams like I think like like and then it's just the SEC again. And, and Steve, I just let me just say this, throw this out here. There's not a lot of people that love college football as much as Tim Brando does, right? Tim Brando loves college football. Tim Brando tweeted tonight and said something that I said earlier in the week and last week. He said, I'm not calling this the college football playoffs anymore. He said it's it's a power five invitational. And even Brando said, I'm sick and tired of the, the eye test uh, stuff and like the pre, you know, the, the preconceived notions about teams. And that's Brando. Brando's irate about the Bearcats. Brando thinks the Bearcats are getting screwed over. And listen, I know the Pac-12 isn't a power right now, Steve, but they are a power five conference. And I think USC are getting really, really disrespected as well at 13. Yeah, but um, I mean, they were lucky to beat UCLA. You know, they're losing. That was, by the way, talk about bad beats. We talked about, you know, the Browns last night. Obviously, that was a tough one for people late, but they were down by 14 in the fourth quarter. Um, but UCLA covered for the first 59 minutes and 44 seconds of that game. <laughs> the only time they did not cover is the final 16 seconds against USC. So, you know, it was a bar- barely beat UCLA. Uh, USC just doesn't have the the resume, in my opinion. To out you have teams Texas with two. So I think, yeah, I think Texas A&M no, gets I'm not it done. Saying. And Texas, well, of What's course, that? that's the thing. Texas, Texas A&M, people are just, well, why don't we just call, why don't everyone else screw themselves and it's just the SEC and Ohio State? Because that, that's what it is right now, right? Because everyone just judges, well, you know, well, not that conference and not this conference. And I agree. I don't think USC are on the, on, on the level, or at least their resume isn't. They haven't played, you know, a power. Yet, I don't care if they barely won the game and they weren't covering. They're behind teams that have lost two games. Lost twice, Steve. Lost twice. Like, if they lose again, it wouldn't matter. Like, you know, they would they would still be the same. I mean, and look at, look at BYU now, 17th. <laughs> I mean, is BYU, does, are they, do, they, do they really deserve to fall this far to 17th? But, you know, it's just... To me, it's the SEC bias, like over and over and over. It gets old. And I'm not disputing Alabama's greatness, but all these other teams, just like, oh, Florida. Dude, Florida, like, shouldn't be ranked seventh. They just lost this weekend. They have two losses. Bye-bye. You're gone, right? Oh, but Florida. Oh, no, Florida, SEC, SEC. I'm just tired of it. I'm with Tim Brando. I don't call it a playoff anymore either. It's a screw jump. It's not even a power five. It's just the SEC and the Big Ten. That's all it is, and they screw everybody else. But you look, you look at Florida. I mean, they did barely lose that A&M, who's very well might be in the playoffs. And then the other loss was yes, a bad loss last week, a 23-point favorite. But then again, they did lose to the defending national champs by three points. Um, I think also that was just a look-ahead spot. But Florida's suspect on defense. To be honest, Gabe, what was most impressive to me was that Alabama didn't let down. I thought they were the ones more likely to have a letdown last week than Florida, and they they smoke Arkansas 52-3. to I mean, all of this is probably for not, because Alabama is double digits above everybody right now. 
Um, but I think A&M gets in if Clemson loses. Uh, they'd have to get it done as a two-touchdown favorite to Tennessee, which they should. Um, but, yeah, Florida kind of made it simple, oh, so to be honest great. with me. Uh, you know, I think Florida's loss makes it a lot more simple now for A&M to get in. Oh, so that's great. That's a lot of fun. So we root for chaos for – so the SEC gets another team in. Fun. Hey. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll just get drilled after. Like, you know, and Ohio State – Ohio State's another story that they've gotten the benefit of the doubt all year long just because, right? Just because. Because they're Ohio State. They're 5-0. and So you said, like, you know, like we said about USC – and, you know, USC, who the hell is Ohio State? Like, the Big Ten is a terrible conference team. And I say this to somebody who loves the Big Ten. Who's good in the Big Ten? You know, I guess they hype up Indiana. Yeah, they, they, they hype up Indiana. So that's the one. And Indiana's a basketball school that's lucky and having a good year this year in a pandemic. But, like, who the hell is Ohio State? What have they done? Yeah, I actually would put A&M maybe ahead of Ohio State right now if I was making my four. I, you know, I'm not big on Ohio State. I think their defense is not good at all. Um, I'll tell you the team, you know, talking about Iowa State being six, I'm not buying that. Um, but the team I wish didn't have two losses would be Oklahoma because they're playing really well down the stretch. Um, and if they, had, if they had not started one and two straight up, I, I very well might have Oklahoma in my four team ahead of Ohio State. All right, so let's take a look at some of the numbers uh, here for uh, some of these games. Including, let's start off with that Oklahoma game. As to me, it's, it's as you just mentioned, there's not many teams that are rolling like the Sooners are right now. And it's a revenge spot for them as well. Iowa State beat them earlier in the year, 27-20. But on the other side, Matt Campbell is an underdog, is a real tough coach to bet against. And this Iowa State team is extremely scrappy. They're also very veteran. It's a veteran team. They haven't won anything since like 1912 or whatever the hell it is. So this is big time stuff uh, for Iowa State. It's a tough game. You know, you can make an argument for both teams, can't you? Yeah, and it was an impressive win. I thought West Virginia as a good defensive team was going to keep that game close. That was one of the most impressive performances I've seen by anybody all year. I mean, maybe West Virginia just didn't show up or toss the towel. But for Iowa State to get 42 points on that defense was impressive. Um, you know, and they did beat Texas the week before that barely. Uh, both teams have an extra week off. They didn't have to play last week, so they should be well prepared. Um, I do like the revenge spot for Oklahoma. I think they're the better team overall. Um, but Iowa State has the better running game, and they have about equal defenses. You know, Oklahoma more explosive passing team. But Iowa State definitely could grind this game out and keep it close. Would not be a surprise. All right, so the USC Trojans. They were supposed to play Washington, and they were six-and-a-half-point favorites. Washington's out due to uh, coronavirus, and uh, now the Ducks step up and in, <laughs> in a weird situation. And I do agree. I do think USC are disrespected, but I do understand the big picture of this. And if you're the Trojans, listen, if you're Clay Helton, you've saved your job. And we've seen, Steve, what is factual. When people say that, oh, like, the early rankings don't matter, they do, because what you do now— you, if USC runs the table, they let's say they win, they win this game, then boom, they go to a bowl game, big time bowl game, like the they're slated for the Fiesta Bowl if they win this. So they go to the Fiesta Bowl, let's say they win the Fiesta Bowl, and the USC Trojans finish 7 0. That gets hype around them going into next year, Steve. That gets them into the top 10 next year coming into the year. And we see starting position helps with this stuff. 
I'm telling you, I'm looking at the numbers now. Both teams have played nothing but Pac-12 opponents. They both have played five games. And if you were to look at the statistics, you would think USC was the <laughs> Oregon stats and the other way around. Oregon, 7.3 yards per play. USC, 5.8. And they both give up 5.7, 5.8 on defense. So the USC is almost a yard and a half per play better offensively and they're equal defensively against the same level schedule. Yeah, I'm just not a buyer of this USC team. Um, as I mentioned, they barely got by but, UCLA last week. That could have gone either way. Uh, they've been outrushed, Gabe, by the way, at all five games this season. No, four of their five. Uh, just, just, that's just not a power top four team, in my opinion. But, I, you know, you numbers guys, Merrill. You numbers guys. Uh, you guys like you and Nate Silver. <laughs> you and Nate Silver and Kornacki. Kornacki and the Dockers. But what USC have, they're good under pressure. And you're right, you know, the stats and all this. Stats, hey, listen, there's a lot of people that, um, there's a lot of people living in hotels across the street from the casinos in Vegas that bet on, well, you know, they outrush you, they outrush them and they outyard them and stuff like that. That's what I like about USC. They make plays under pressure, right? Like they played a few close games, they've blown teams out. Um, and I think they get it done here, down to two and a half. We'll see what Merrill thinks on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late night anger management class. Continues. I am Gable Branzi. 180-minute full-court press. Steve Merrill, wager talk uh, in the house. And in fact, um, this will be the last time we speak with Mr. Merrill. Uh, the holidays get very, very busy at Lucky Steve's Chinese restaurant. Um, and around, you know, especially, um, especially on Christmas Day. And in fact, uh, what is it? Christmas yep. Eve? What do they call it? Uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish Christmas? Chinese food in a movie? Uh, for me, I'm not Jewish, but I, I'm a fan of the uh, the Jewish Christmas. Chinese. You know what it is, guys, on Christmas Eve? Is that uh, nothing's open, right? Like, no restaurants are open, but uh, Chinese places are. Chinese food is. And I swear, um, I didn't know this, but I guess, you know, like, uh, you know, Jewish people told me, and they were laughing about that. Because I said, I would, they said, what'd you do for Christmas Eve? I said, I had Chinese food. I watched Die Hard <laughs> and, and like the Hawaii Bowl or whatever. And I swear, Steve, I called a Chinese restaurant a couple of Christmases ago, bro. Uh, it was it was uh, it was Christmas night. I called the Chinese restaurant. I was remember because I was watching NBA basketball, and they told me two hour wait. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like very busy, very busy. Chinese restaurants rake it in on Christmas, Steve. Yeah, it's uh, ra 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 ra. Remember what movie that's from? 
You need to get some sound bites from Christmas Story for the next month or so. That'd be great. You'll shoot your yeah. eye out, kid. <laughs> the holidays are upon us. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chinese food. Uh, Chinese food for, for Christmas. All right, so Steve Merrill, wager talk, uh, kicking it with us. All right, Steve, so we were just talking about, um, you know, some of these games here. And I get where you're going with it as far as USC uh, in the stats, but they have shown a lot of courage, a lot of heart, stepping up, winning games. Their backs have been against the wall a couple of times. They've found a way to escape. And uh, they're only two-and-a-half-point favorites now against uh, the Ducks. The total is 62-and-a-half. Let's talk about another team. We brought them up earlier, Louisiana Lafayette, taking on Coastal Carolina. Uh, Coastal Carolina laying three and a half. And it seems to me like they're trying to invite the casual better in to bet on Coastal with this number being as low as it is. Right. Yeah, I actually, um, I did wager talk today with Prez and Teddy this afternoon, and this is one of the three advanced games I gave out. Um, I like Lafayette in this game plus three and a half. Um, this game was minus nine a few months ago when Lafayette played them. They were a minus nine point favorite. Now they did lose. It's their only loss of the season. Uh, they, of course, beat Iowa State, as you mentioned earlier. It's a good Lafayette team. They beat Appalachian State also. Um, but now we're getting them as a three-and-a-half-point dog. So, you know, instantly that catches my eye. So then the question becomes, you know, well, can we make a case for them? And I think they've been just as good, if not better, overall this year. And here's the big catalyst for me, Gabe, is that Coastal, they're not an option team, but they run two running backs. The quarterback's the second-leading rusher, but he also has thrown for over 2,000 yards. But they have a very unusual kind of running option passing style and I think the fact that Lafayette has faced them already gives them an edge. The fact that Coastal's now played 11 games, they have a lot more film on them, gives them an edge because they played them early in the season when they lost. So I like the setup here, and I think the plus three and a half is good line value. You know, three is such a critical number. That extra half point really makes a difference here. You know, it's a fun, fun game, fun, fun matchup uh, here. Coastal Carolina win this game, and they'll be playing in a big-time bowl game for the first time uh, ever. Clemson and Notre Dame. So, actually, I wanted to say, we got, I got caught up by your, your Christmas story uh, joke, <laughs> but <laughs> this is the last time. So, Steve will not be with us on Friday. Uh, Steve's not going to be with us, like I was saying, a very busy time. Uh, Steve will not be with us this Friday, and you won't be with us next Tuesday, Steve. That's correct. So, you won't, so you won't be here Friday or Tuesday. But the thing is, we're not on the following Friday. We're not on because it's Christmas, it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, and I'll be busy eating Chinese food. So yeah, we're not we're not on. Although it's Christmas Eve, the Chinese food thing, um, we're not on the Friday, but we will be on that Tuesday again after. So this will be the last time we right. speak until um, until after Christmas, Steve. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you too, my man. But we will still speak this year. I can't say I'll talk to you next year, which is one of my favorite lines to use. It confuses people big time. I like the oh, 29th to get the 30th. We have to have one last conversation. <laughs> we'll actually have a couple of more. No, no, we won't, because you yeah. know what? We won't be on that Friday after either. So we'll just be on that Tuesday. New Year's you Day. Know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because that, that's a New Year's Day is a Saturday. New Year's Eve is a Friday, I think. Yeah, New Year's Eve is a Friday. New no, Year's New Year's, Year's Eve is um, same as Christmas Eve. So they're both Thursdays, Christmas and New Year's Day is Friday. Uh, the football game's on the on the Saturday the 1st. Or is that Friday the 1st? No, the 1st is Friday, so maybe the games <laughs> are it? Saturday the 2nd. I'm not sure what they're doing okay. with that. No, 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 no. Yes, don't don't oh, make yes, me bring so. my math out again. 
The 24 yeah, yeah, plus yeah, yeah, 7 yeah. is 31. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you poo-hoo math, right. Gabe. It comes in handy so many times in life. I know. I really should have paid more attention in school. I regret it. <laughs> I'd be a better gambler. <laughs> I'd be I'd be a better gambler. All right, so Notre Dame and Clemson, you know, although you rained on my parade earlier, I was like, oh, it'd be great. Notre Dame could beat Clemson and we'll have chaos. It's like, yeah, whatever. Texas a and we'll just get in now. You know what I mean? Great. <laughs> so <laughs> does it even matter? Does it even matter? But I think the point spread oh, is too so high. Gabe, we want Northwestern to win. Gabe, if you want yes. chaos, we need to be rooting yes. for Northwestern, right? I mean, that's yes. the chaos. But it's the yes. least well, likely of all the outcomes. Yes, yes, exactly. That's that's not going to happen. Better chance of Trump winning the election still than Northwestern winning this game, I think. Although, that would be about good. the same odds. Yeah. I bring that up because only Lou, Lou Dobbs tonight said it's still mathematically possible. Like, dude, like, got to let it go, Lou. You know, Steve, do you know well, the I would say this gave the betting markets... They've been 90% yeah. for a month. They went to 94% the last couple of days. So they bumped a little bit, but not a lot. So um, it's, it's like over. minus 1,600 is what that would equate to. Northwestern's probably, what, like 10 to 1? So it's like 16 to 1, Northwestern's 10 to 1. So there's actually not a huge difference there. But, um, no. yeah, the Northwestern Trump parlay would pay big time. I would play the clip, but we can't. I know we can't because uh, Saturday Night Live is very, very – they're militant about that stuff. Oh, they're the worst um, of all of them. I can't get any of my good clips from YouTube or anything on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't even like YouTube, exactly. Let alone you play us right. playing them on a show. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah, you have to Chevy subscribe. Chevy Chase wants his royalty checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to, you have to sign up or buy their DVDs and stuff. Like they're very. So yeah, just for people tuning in, they're very protective Saturday Night Live about their clips. So I don't know if you know, Steve. I'm sure you heard of it. You know, there's the the news network Newsmax. So it's a new cable news yeah. network, Newsmax. Been around for a couple of years. They were kind of irrelevant before, but they caught on now because they make Fox look like Rachel Maddow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're ultra. Like, so, like, they're, you know, so every night, you know, it was a, it was a robbery and, you know, it was a, a screw job. And, like, it's, like, really fantasy land 101. And they're battling with that o o o a n sort of be who could be the most crazy people to the right. So SNL did a bit. They're like, we all know Newsmax, right? And they said, uh, the makers of Newmax brings you Sportsmax. <laughs> They're like, welcome to Sportsmax, where you get the real news, not what the mainstream media tell you. Like the New York Jets are 0 and 11. They're actually 11 and 0. And let me show you why. So <laughs> they show... They show the score, and they're like, look. They're like, look at the game against Buffalo three weeks ago. Against Buffalo, the New York Jets were winning 3-0 after the first quarter. But then all these points started to come late in the second and third and fourth quarter. Where did the points come from, huh? Where did these points come from? And then they had sort of like a devil's advocate. They're like, well, actually, Buffalo scored a bunch of points in the rest of the game. And they're like, says who? And they're like, the NFL? Oh, the NFL says, huh? And, and Steve, the best part is the host is wearing a Jets three-peat jersey. It says 2016, 17, 18, 19 champions. <laughs> the Jets. That's right. It's like, the, yeah, look it up. You'll find it online. It's still out there. Yeah, this SNL Jets skit. Oh, it's too good, bro. It's too good. Just like the alternate fact reality uh, universe. Great, great, uh, great skit. And speaking of which, actually, I, you know, I try to pride myself on knowing everything. 
I didn't know that Tito Ortiz was the deputy mayor right now of Huntington Beach in California. Yeah, like, this is going to end well. You remember Tito Ortiz, the fighter? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, Mateus, yeah. So get this. I guess there was no one on the city council or something, and they had one of these crazy runoffs, you know, and every, every nut job runs, strippers and everyone. He got the most votes. I don't know how many votes he got, but he got on city council, and then somehow he was sworn as the deputy mayor. This is how the swearing-in ceremony went the other day. Hi, Tito Ortiz. I just saw he was... Do I solely swear? I do solely affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California. Let's just get the original part. Against stop, all stop, enemies. Stop. stop, stop. I'm surprised he can say the word Constitution. Let's get the first part, too. Sounds like uh, I've sounded like that after a couple of eight balls in a Vegas hotel room at 4 a.m. Uh, play it again. Let's get the beginning <laughs> part. She asked, like, just do you solemnly swear? That's what she's asking. Do you solemnly I, swear? I, Tito Ortiz. Do solemnly affirm that I will support and defend. I, just solemnly, do I solemnly swear? I, solemnly affirm. I do solemnly affirm. That I will solemnly affirm. That I will support and defend. All right, all right. We'll play this a little bit later on again. Constitution of the United States. Yeah, this this is going to end real well, Steve. <laughs> I told you and I talked about this. Something. We can't like be electing like people because like they're popular, bro. Like it's like these people are nut jobs. Like who votes for these people, Steve? Yeah, like he, he sounded like he was on coke or he's drunk. I, I solemnly, slowly, like what? Like solemnly? I don't even know what he said. I solemnly. He almost sound confused. I solemnly what? Like. <laughs> it, it sounded like you said something about selling a farm. Well, let's hear it one more time, just because it's too good. Please, one more selling time. Selling a farm. Here he is, one more time. Hi, Tito Ortiz. Do solemnly affirm that I will support and defend. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly affirm that I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California and the co the Constitution of the State of California against all enemies against all enemies foreign and domestic foreign and domestic that damn Chuck Liddell that will bear true faith that will bear true faith and allegiance <laughs> and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California to the Constitution of the State of California that I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. That I will well and faithfully discharge the duties about which I am about to enter. That I'm about to enter as a council member of Huntington Beach. Stop the fight, man. Like this poor bastard, like, can you imagine being a city councilor sitting in a room looking at this guy and going, oh my God, he's the new deputy mayor? More with Merrill on the other side, bring it. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. sportsgrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Steve Merrill with his wager talk. Taking it only a couple of minutes left. Level one is just slow by here this evening. Uh, so, Steve, I just want to, uh, you know, tell people, elections have consequences. I was thinking, like, no one ever would have predicted Donald Trump would be president. You know, now, Tito Ortiz, whatever. He's a city councilman or the deputy mayor now, whatever. This won't last long. Uh, we'll get back to the Tito. We actually have some updates as far as how Tito's running the city, and it's not going well, just for the record. Like, he's not showing up. <laughs> Steve, like, elections have consequences, Steve. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I guess it's all fun and games until, like, Tito Ortiz is, like, in control of the power in your home. <laughs> I'll be honest, though, Gabe. I'm not sure Tito can mess California up much more than they've already messed themselves <laughs> up, in all honesty. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they, let's not forget, they, they're the first ones that elected the Terminator, right? Um, I don't think it's a, it's a California issue, Steve. I think it's a national issue. It's a national issue in which politicians are not supposed to be flashy and entertaining, right? They're not. Like, they're supposed to be smart, right? Like, you're not supposed to elect somebody because you've seen them on TV before or because they were a wrestler or they punched someone in the face and you're going to trust them after uh, to, to solve real problems. That's why it's a major mistake. And, you know, but cable news... They make money. They don't, they're not going to make money off of boring people, right, and librarians and stuff. They make money off of stuff like this. And, hell, I guess we do, too, by laughing at them, <laughs> right? So, but we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how far this road goes. But, Steve, uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the holidays, and uh, we'll catch up with you. Enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas and uh, holidays and everything else. And uh, we'll catch up with you um, before New Year's, the Tuesday before New Year's, right before the college football playoffs. Sounds good. Happy Festivus to the rest of us. Yeah, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Pizza Portraits, straight. Late night. Bring it. <laughs> 